0: Hello, welcome to Keep Left Pod. We'll call this the uh, the inaugural episode, I guess, in honor of the swearing in of Mr. Joseph Robinette Biden this week. Might be fitting to call this the inaugural episode. Um, so this is you know a little project that I've I've been thinking about working on for a while. Um, you know, one of the things I noticed during the primaries is just just how fractured the Democratic Party has become between people that are, you know, okay with, you know, kind of the vote blue no matter who crowd that just um, as long as it's as long as it's an opposition to the Republican Party, uh, the Democratic Party can do no wrong, and the people that were you know further left, the Bernie crowd um, that really felt like either the party was going to get hold in the direction of you know democratic socialism or you know an opposition to to capitalism or that the democratic party wasn't really worth participating in um and it was just an interesting year because you know we were running against donald trump it had to be done um a lot of people around the country had to just kind of hold their noses and and vote for biden and um even though you know for a person like me it just wasn't you know it, it I, it's hard to give your vote away to just anybody anytime. Um just because they they offer some symbolic uh, opposition to the Republican Party. Um and while like I said it I did think it was obviously very important to get Donald Trump out of the White House and I uh, you know, I do not underestimate his his uh incompetence or, or um the danger that he posed to all of us. Um I understood, you know, and, and I got it, but what i don't really get is the the embracing of, of Joe Biden um, because I think he's with literally everything that's been wrong with the Democratic Party for the last 20 25 years um, and we let him get away with it. you know we let them run him um, uh, and we gave him our vote anyway because Donald Trump was in the, in the White House and look there's there's always going to be that, that uh, greater evil. Um, that every election for the rest of our lives will now be um, uh, like we were told this time the the most important election of our life because there's a fascist in the White House and we got to get him out and that gives the Democrats to you know run pretty much whoever they want and and protect whatever corporate interest they need to um, because people will always you know will fall in line as long as it's an opposition um, to what they what they despise and what they hate. Um, so, like I said, at the end of the day, I think that where I where I land is that there's, while I disagree wholeheartedly with the direction the Democratic Party is heading, um, and has been heading, uh, I do view the average liberal voter as an ally, because I think at its core, um, most, or at their core, most liberals um, want a lot of the thing, same things that I do. They wanna see a lot of the same changes in the world that I do, um, and I think our, um, our views on how do we get there is um, a little different, and so I kind of wanted to do this as a way to, you know, kind of bridge that divide um, between people I think on the le- what I call the left um, and and liberals, and talk about a little bit about you know, how how we pull people out of out of um, blind support for a party that that really no longer represents them or their values. Um, And like I said, it's just has really just become symbolic, has just look, we're not the bad guys, we're not Republicans. So you got to vote for us because orange man bad and we got to get him out, you know, and you know, the the last few months in the media, uh, anybody uh, on the left um, pretty much has just been told, look, you know, Bernie lost, uh, get in line, vote for Biden, whether you hate everything he's ever done or not. and the near best strategy is to elect Biden and then push him left. That was kind of the popular media strategy uh, that got pushed a lot was he is uh, he's gonna he's gonna fill his cabinet with this um, very progressive cabinet he's going to be the most this is the most progressive agenda anyone's ever run on and uh, you know he hasn't made any outright promises yet but but have faith that he is he's ready to to move the party left and that and that it's your job to get him there, vote for him, and then push him left. So um, that's this podcast. That's uh, maybe not Joe Biden himself, but I'm hoping to, um, to maybe push some people out there left um, and, and start to realize that we need more than, uh, than what the Democratic Party has to offer right now. And it either needs to be radically changed from within, which we'll get into different, um, I think different strategies about how to do that and whether or not it's even possible. Um, uh, or do you do you as someone that you know is on the left? Is it time to just reject the Democratic Party and find a new approach, be it a new party or you know local organizing, um, or you know running for office yourself as an independent? I think there's a lot of different a lot of different ways you could go about doing something like that and i think it's important to start talking about them all because they told us to elect him and then push him left so this is this is me trying to do that but today for the you know inaugural episode here i don't really want to talk about joe biden or donald trump or um or or this election Um, i more wanna i think that uh you know a good jumping off point would be uh what do i think it means to be on the left in america um and what i think um a meaningful opposition to republicanism would look like um and i think that in the last few months especially with the we saw it a lot during the um the black lives matter protest this summer um i think we've heard a lot of the terms marxism thrown around with that we heard the term socialism thrown around a lot um with the bernie sanders primary and um Republicans have pretty much turned those things into scare words that I've 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 even seen liberals fall for Um, So I think it's important to you know as a foundation for this project Let's start to understand some terms. So I think you know this episode. I mostly just want to talk about what it means to be on the left in America because I think that's something that has just been it's become a cloudy term which mean it, it pretty much these days it just means as long as you're not a Republican um, as long as you're left of republicanism at all, you're on the left, which I don't think is the case. I think if you look at this as a linear scale, um, like we're taught to look at politics, I, th- I think it's a silly way to look at it, but it, you know how most people understand it is a left to right scale, and I think that if you're dividing the two sides, um, fundamentally there's two sides to that. There's capitalism on one side, on the right, and there's socialism on the left. Um, and I think that most other countries operate on a left to right scale that is uh, way more similar to that than what we do, where both of our parties exist firmly on the right, um, on the right side of that scale. Because there's, you're going to be hard pressed to find anybody in the Democratic Party that poses any meaningful opposition to capitalism. And, and at its core, I think that that's what leftism is. Um, you know, if you define it, it's it's an uh, opposition to capitalism. And the only economic system that's ever been really put forth with any amount of success that has been in opposition to capitalism has been socialism. So to me, and I, you know, I say to me, but I think this is, you know, of, of other members of the left, I think this is a pretty universal truth that the left, so to speak, um, Pretty much is a tent that goes from Bernie Sanders to Democratic Socialists to Communists to Anarcho-Communists. It's a big, it's a, it's a big tent, folks. Um, It's there's quite a lot of people that are on the left. Unfortunately, uh, liberals do not fall in that, um, because they, you know, liberal politicians, liberal policies do not fall uh, under that under that tent because they don't. They don't. Stand up to capitalism in any big way. A lot of times, their their big flagship policies ended up end up being uh, defensive maneuvers for capitalism that are just you know uh, reforms and, and that sort of thing that end up really just giving that giving you know capitalism, which is crumbling in that moment, um, a set of legs to keep going on. Um, you know, one of the first times I ever heard the term universal health care was out of the lips of Barack Obama who gave us Obamacare, which really, um, and I think we'll get into this probably in an entire episode, really just served as a bailout to pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies um, when really didn't, I mean, it gave a lot of people health insurance, yeah, that's, I mean, you cannot argue the numbers that that signed up for that. I think it's something close to like 25 percent of Kentucky all signed up for Obamacare when it rolled out. Um, But Uh, effectively what it did was just give a bunch of people health insurance that they couldn't afford so if you're you know uh, a minimum wage worker and um, and yeah you, you may have gotten health insurance but if you're living paycheck to paycheck and your deductible is you know you know, a couple thousand dollars, and your and your co is five hundred. Well, guess what? You don't have health insurance because you can't afford those things. You can't afford to go use your health insurance. So effectively, it just you know those insurance companies kept 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 collecting premiums from these people um, every month, and the people were too broke to go use their health insurance. So yeah, in a symbolic way, it, it did on on its surface give a give healthcare to a whole bunch of people, but it, it you know really all it did was help out capitalism, and. Um, I think that's one of these, one of these um, issues that I think is, is important for us to talk about and, and start to dissect um, these things that we we view as good things that the Democratic Party has done and how they've actually been, you know, I, I, I've, I've said this to people before, I feel like sometimes that um, liberal politicians are, are kind of standing on our side of the line with us, but they're holding our arms behind our back and, and kind of making us, um, Pretty unable to, you know, enact any meaningful change um, because they're constantly doing shit like that. It's, it's just, you know, and then we're supposed to shut up about healthcare for a while because we got Obamacare. You know, um, it's just it ends up being more roadblocks than it is meaningful change. But like I said, I think <clears throat> Obamacare and, and healthcare in general is probably going to be, need to be its own episode because I think there's a lot of uh, and there, there's there's a lot we can learn from talking about both of those things. Um, right now I think we need to just I think you know where I want to start is just um, let's get into defining those terms that I talked about we're a little propagandized this this year um, and let's let's start to define those things and make sure we're all on the same page Um, so I kind of just want to start by you know what is what is socialism you know in a in a in we'll do some broad strokes here Um, there's been many interpretations of it through the years but what it you know what is the definition of it, and what is the bedrock of it of its beliefs. And I think, um, you know, one of the things that when you um, when you see socialism brought up in the media, it's generally either um, either a fundamental misunderstanding of the term, um, or just fucking straight up propaganda, um, which is more often than not becoming the case. Um, and then opponents of socialism will always. You know, cherry pick these facts that are always, you know, pretty convincing um, when when shared alone, and um, and they'll always ignore just huge, glaring uh, historical and and cultural differences and variables um, that a lot of Americans can't can't wrap their heads around, um, and they also almost always either forget to admit. Or, uh, or just kind of gloss over uh, the force that the United States has used on pretty much every country that's ever attempted anything that that's, serves as a as a opposition to capitalism. I mean, we have slammed our fists down on every country that's ever tried it, and um, I think that has to be talked about. Before you can critique socialism, you have to critique how, you know, you have to at least accept the the environment that it was forced to try to grow in, in these, in these, you know, socialist experiments around the country or around the globe rather. Um, but anyway, so what, you know, what is it, It, you know, if you strip all that away and, um, all that, we will also talk about on another episode, I'm sure U S intervention has to be an episode. Um, uh, when you strip all that away, what, you know, what is, what's left, um, And what's the bedrock? And I think that you know, it's 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 a economic and and political system that prioritizes human dignity and equality. Um, That those are those are the goals first and foremost. Um, And that you know, any any wealth generated within a community uh, should benefit that community. And any you know. If you work at a factory and that factory owner is, you know, making billions of dollars a year and you're on minimum wage, that's that's not a good system um, because you're contributing to that. You and your community, your fellow workers and your neighbors that also work at that factory are generating the wealth. You just don't get to keep it. Um, and I think that's, that's, you know, part of the bedrock of socialism is rejecting that idea and saying that, no, if if... You know, if you give me two dollars worth of parts on the factory line and my labor turns them into into twenty dollars, you don't get to keep a hundred percent of the profits and and pay me meager wages that's that's not okay and that's that's how we end up in a system where what we have now, which is you know the highest wealth inequality we've ever experienced um, that's how that happens. It's really simple. Um, this isn't these big it's not this big thing that we need to tackle. It's, it's very simple. Um, it's fundamentally how our economic system works and, and it's broken. Um, and it's, it's fallen apart in front of us. Um, I think what what we're experiencing right now and why Bernie was so important in the moment, um, cause I think we're, we're really experiencing late stage capitalism We're we're experiencing that stuff start to fail. Um, so, you know getting back to you know the bedrock of socialism what what marx who who's considered these ideas you know precede him uh, obviously the the idea that all humans should have dignity and equality is something that marx did not come up with um, but he's considered you know the grandfather of, of socialist thought um and his prediction was always that capitalism would fail and that that you know that, that socialism would be what we would implement afterwards that this is how we rebuild um, we rebuild a society that when, when capitalism finally fails us, um, where people like Lenin uh, differed from him, uh, where they, they read his book and were so, um, were so convinced that socialism was, was the way that they thought that the only way to overcome this was, um, I get that, they were kind of tired of waiting, to be honest, and, and the only way to overcome this tremendous force that capitalism has over all of us um, was by force, um, so that's kind of where you know where some of the implementations of socialism and the actual teachings of Marx um, will differ um, as Lenin thought you know we needed the revolution and Marx never really you know uh, his like I said his his prediction was that capitalism would someday crumble and I I, I think the moment that we're living in right now um, is a good time to reflect and um, and especially with, you know, COVID-19, I think, has pointed out just all these like glaring failures of capitalism that have been going on forever that are finally just kind of getting a spotlight uh, put on them um, because we're being tried right now. We, you know, the last year has been trying for all our systems and we're watching them just fail repeatedly. So I think to um, to really understand how. Uh, socialism would work if implemented here. Um, I think you have to first understand how capitalism currently works. If you're gonna understand uh, the political side of, you know, we've kind of talked about the economic uh, side of, of socialism. If you're gonna understand the political side, I think you kind of have to understand how our politics works. And I think that's something most people already understand is that money equals power. Um, so, if, you know, uh, Jeff Bezos is allowed to, uh, to exploit his workers' labor for profit because of the system that's in place, and the system that is in place is there because of people like Jeff Bezos, right? So it's this harmonious relationship, um, whereas the person with the money has this ha- has this relationship with power. Um, the person that uh, you know will call it the means of production, um, as Marx called it, the person who has that. Um, Uh, The money, the factories, the the tools, the trucks that bring everything there, the person that possesses those things has the relationship with power. So they're going to work back and forth together and the workers will be left out of that equation, right? Whereas in socialism, if if every factory is a collectively owned factory, that the people that work there all have a stake in that company, um, all of a sudden they have that political power. That political power is now theirs um, because they are the ones that they have seized the means of production, so to speak. Um, so I think that's, you know, if you understand how, how our politics works now, which, like I said, I think most people do, and you implement this economic system of socialism, I think it's pretty easy to understand how that would work. Um, Those relationships that we have um, are now controlled by the people instead of one individual person serving his own interests, it's, um, that power is now in, in the hands of a community. Um, That is going to use it to benefit the community at large and and not just a generation of wealth for one person you know, I I don't think that um, I don't I don't know anyone uh, even the the biggest critiques of of capitalism um, Nobody has ever argued that it's not the the most effective way of generating wealth It just is there's no arguing that and socialism is not offering that Um, It's not telling you anybody they're going to get richer under Socialism—that's not, you know—that's not the case. Um, the argument we make is that um, that generating wealth should not be the number one um, point of your economic system. That should not be how it works. It should be, you know, uh, creating a system that can provide human dignity and equality for all people. Which I think is something that you're going to find hard-pressed to find many people. That disagree with that. I mean, I would even make the argument that that most Christians are socialists if they really take Christianity seriously, because of of you know, the teachings of Jesus Christ were pretty socialist. You know, uh, human dignity and equality for all. Um, easier for uh, a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. These, like I said, these ideas were not uh, uh, these were not Marx's ideas. Um, uh he just organized them into an actual political system and an economic system that that um, he felt like worked worked for the world at the time and I, and I think are still very relevant um, to this day because we're still living under the same system so getting back to to what I, you know what I think it means to be a, um, more than just a symbolic um, opposition to to capitalism or, or republicanism, which is just the uh, you know em, embracing of capitalism with zero regulations as the best system that's ever ever been created and ever will be. I mean that's what Republicans believe. And I, so to me, I think that, you know uh, the reasonable opposite reasonable opposition to that party should be anti-capitalists. Um, and I think what you know what that looks like is you know. Um, if those those are the things you care about—human dignity, and equality, and and uh, communities bettering themselves um, with with their own labor—I uh, I think if that's what you're after, then then socialism ha- has the answers. Um, because you know, in, in that system where these workers now control the means of production and therefore uh, have the political power um, it becomes a lot easier to implement those things it's obviously you know when you take that power dynamic out of the equation it's if if those are your objectives um, then uh, this is the way to do it you know Um, I think it's it's really hard to argue that 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 some sort of middle ground should be found is 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 just kind of a flawed ideology and it's the reason that there's never been a real um you know third major uh economic ideology and on the scale that that socialism or capitalism have 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 both been um, measured so now that we've you know drawn the distinctions between the the two ideologies and the the two political and economic systems um, and you you start to talk about and think about the issues um, that I was speaking about earlier that that I think most liberals and socialists agree on, if it's um, climate change, uh, racial inequality, systemic racism, uh, the prison industrial complex, the military industrial complex, um, all these issues, I, I think it's pretty easy to make the case that um, capitalism is is at the root of, of a lot of these problems. Now, some of them uh, have their own... You know, underlying issues that, ca- that the abolishment of capitalism does not solve Racism's a, a big one that that I think um, you, you cannot ignore that only dismantling, dismantling capitalism is going to dismantle that as well. But you also can't ignore that uh, the capitalist system is used for those purposes as well um, and, and exploits the the already present racism in our society. Um, so once I think you know, uh, the, kind of the point of the point of what I'm trying to do here is um, highlight these issues that I think that we all agree on, um, talk about how um, capitalism is the driving force behind them, um, and get you to maybe accept that uh, any party that uh, will go to bat for capitalism is maybe not uh, the best path to change. And I'm not going to try to talk you out of voting for voting for Democrats, I think everybody needs to do what they, what they, um, what they think they need to, you know, whether they have faith in in the incrementalism ideology of the democratic party that we can inch our way to a better world or, um, you know, whatever that's in your heart, you know, whatever you feel like you need to do. I'm not here to, to try to sway the way anybody votes really, but I do want people to, um, just try to understand um, what I think it means to be on the left and if, and if I can move the needle a little bit for one person um, well that's a good thing um, and I can get one more person to start to question whether or not capitalism is to blame for most of the world's problems. Uh, I think that's kind of the point. Um, so anyway I do want to kind of try to keep these these um, episodes short and sweet you know, 25, 30, 40 minutes at the most You know. Um, because I do want it to something, uh, I want it to be something that's palatable, and um, maybe you can throw in in your car on the way to work or something. Um, so I, I think in this episode we've been able to kind of broadly outline what I, what I believe it means to be on the left um, in America today. Um, and um, I think we'll we'll dive into some other stuff next time. I think we'll just leave it there for now. Bye.